everyone, and welcome to the Cinematic Schematic, the official podcast of thecinematropolis.com. I'm the editor-in-chief and your host, Caleb Masters, and I am uh, joining you straight from Dead Center, and I'm very excited to be joined by a special guest. We're joined by Amanda Presnick, who is the co-producer of the new Puppet Master movie, Puppet Master, The Littlest Reich. Amanda, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm happy to be here. You made the trip up from Dallas, so thank you so much for, for making the trek to talk about the movie a little bit and show it off. Uh, this has been getting a lot of really good buzz in the horror community, so I was really excited when it showed up on our schedule. Well, we were happy to be programmed with you guys. You know, it's it's funny. This is our first festival that we have played at that is not a strictly uh, kind of like built-in audience, right? Mm -hmm. So we played at Overlook, which was amazing because it's a horror film festival mm -hmm. and, and it was bound to, to be well-received and then we played at the Dallas International oh, right. Film Festival, uh, which is our hometown, right? right? right. Um, and then on from here, we're, we're in, you know, a dozen more festivals around the world, but this was the first time that it was like, I don't know what they're going to think, <laughs> you know? I don't know if they're going to take to it or not, and it, it was amazing. Do Oklahomans like horror movies? Well, do Oklahomans <laughs> like really uh, uh, politically incorrect yes. humor and horror movies? And the answer is yes. I'm right. here to tell you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah um, I had the pleasure of sitting in the, the first screening you guys did last night, and, and it, it was... It was something else, man. Once you get to the the, the the puppets start coming to life, we get to that that portion of the movie, you know, after the first act, it really took off. And I, I literally visually screamed out loud a couple times. I was like, wow, you guys got crazy creative with the deaths. I learned that this was actually in a separate continuity. You guys had acquired the rights to produce this separate from the original uh, creator. I, can you talk a little bit about the, the differences there and how that whole process worked? Yeah, so uh, Dallas... Sonia, the producer on the movie and CEO of Cinestate and Fangoria, uh, he befriended Charles Band, and you know, as as they got to know each other, Dallas said to him, basically, you know, I want to make a Puppet Master movie. Are you open to that? And uh, Charles basically said that he could be open to it, but under the stipulation that he could still make his own Puppet Master movies. And so, you know, that was the deal. Is like we can go uh, take the IP and create a killer puppet movie. You know, use any of the characters that we wanted to use, but Charles Band could also keep making his. So, uh, you know, they just, uh, Charles and Full Moon just came out with Axis Termination uh, late last year, and that's their most recent film. And now Puppet Master The Littlest Strike is coming out, but it's it's not a follow-up in any way. It really is a, is a reboot and a refreshing of the idea of killer puppets. You know, it's a new story written by S. Craig Zoller now, and he's kind of reinvented the whole uh, narrative. Yeah, it's very cool. That was one thing I noticed we kind of we the film opens with a flashback kind of reestablishing for fans who people or viewers who may not have seen the original or for people like me who haven't seen one in a couple of years it was like oh yeah this is the this is the premise let's get it rolling okay and I feel like it was a really great way to make it accessible for a lot of folks how did you decide which of the classic puppets to bring back because I know there's always an, a huge number to choose from yeah so uh, like I said uh, S. Craig Zoller wrote the scripts and he just had a heyday with it you know he picked a couple of, of the classic favorites to bring back, like Blade and Torch and Pinhead, really those classics. And then he just, you know, his imagination, he invented, I think it's four or five new ones. There's a big handful of new puppets in there. And, you know, certainly uh, we've been asked what happened to Leech Woman and will Six Shooter come back? And I can't say for certain one way or the other, but I don't see why not. You know, there's, there's plenty of time to... Uh, have a whole plethora of killer puppets. Right. Well, that's a, that's really the cool opportunity you guys have presented since you're kind of creating this fresh universe is you have an entire, like, 10 or 11 or 12 movies to draw inspirations from and puppet designs from. That's really cool. Mm -hmm. 
One thing that was really noticeable to me was that this film, the deaths were incredibly creative. How did you guys come up with such grisly deaths? Was this something that happened in the writing process or during production? How'd that work? Uh, it's a little bit of both. So the, the, the screenplay as written by Zoller is incredibly gory. You know, if you're familiar with any of his work, uh, like Bone Tomahawk and Brawl in Cell Block 99, you know, nobody's pulling any punches in those movies. They're very visceral. And so the script for uh, Puppet Master The Littlest Reich was the same way. And then we brought uh, Tate Steinsick on board to design the puppets and the gore effects. And so, you know, he and Zoller and our commitment to making everything very practical and very inventive is what you're seeing on screen. There's a couple deaths in particular, which I don't want to give away specifically, but, you know, I, I remember sitting in a room at one point with with Tate and Zoller and it's like two in the morning and we're in an editing room and Zoller pitched one of them that we were going to add to the movie and he goes what if we did this to a woman and I was like no, yeah but no and he was like yeah no that's what we're going to do and I was like well this is going to be you know that thing that I look in the mirror every morning and question myself about so uh you know I I think uh I think I'm, I'm pretty sure I know which death you're referencing and yeah I you know I don't think I'm gonna forget that one that's a it was the most visceral reaction I've I've had to a, a death in a, in a horror movie in a long time and I feel like I've got a pretty strong uh you know constitution for gore uh, another thing that you guys uh, were able to take some liberties with is creating like a kind of mixing an old score with a new score like how what was that process like yeah, so uh, we brought on Fabio Fritzi to compose a wholly original uh, score for the movie, really drawing on uh, you know his his style and influence with the the '70s kind of horror score and his background. And so he composed the entire thing. But we also uh, we also reached out to Richard Band, who is the composer of the original Puppet Master score, and we just asked him, you know, why don't you do one more reimagining of that theme, of that classic Puppet Master theme that we can use too. So you have uh, both Fabio with his new vision in there, and then you get a little bit of Richard Band too, which is a, a nice throwback. Right. Again, I think, uh, uh, again, as you mentioned, like the reboot makes it more accessible to get, you have the nostalgia piece for people who have seen several of the entries, but also add some new stuff to keep it fresh. One thing you guys mentioned in the Q&A that I also want to follow up on was how much blood do you guys think you went through? Because this there is so much blood in this movie. <laughs> I, think, uh, I think Tate quoted 22 gallons, but I don't know. If you picture that, that doesn't seem like that much. I would, you know... If you had to ask me, I'd say, I don't know, 50 gallons? There's just blood everywhere. And the fun thing was, uh, from a production standpoint, we were at a hotel in Dallas called the Ambassador Hotel that's been defunct for, you know, years and years and years. And, you know, my bright idea was, oh, they're about to convert this into new condos. Surely uh, we can go in there and do whatever we want and get blood everywhere and it'll be fine. And that wasn't the case. Uh, they were still trying to, you know, present it, uh, you know, as a, as a showpiece to people. And so we had to clean up the blood that we got everywhere. So even though I know that it's being torn down and the carpet's being ripped up, every time we got blood on something, it had to be cleaned up. So my perception of how much blood there was is probably exaggerated because I was dealing with it. You had to go back and yeah. clean it all up. Oh boy, yeah, it seems like 20 times more blood when you're cleaning it, right? Yeah. What are the future plans for the the series? Because I, I, I don't, I don't want to spoil the movie at all, but it does seem at the end of this movie that there's very clearly, you guys have plans to do more of them. Can you talk a little bit about when writing the script, did you want to 
have a whole rollout or um, was this planned as like a two-part, three-parter or is this just one of those you're kind of, you made one movie and you're just leaving it open no, hoping that you know you get to make another one? De- uh, definitely the, the latter. You know, it, it, what, there's no specificity as a, as a two-parter or a three-parter but you know, there, there are still two remaining pieces of this story at the very least, one of which is the backstory uh, which Barbara Crampton teases in her, her tour uh, of the Andre Toulon man- mansion. She teases that backstory. So uh, we'd like to consider going backwards. Uh, and then we'd also like to consider, you know, following the characters who make it uh, onto whatever their next journey is. But like I said, so many more puppets to play with, mm-hmm. um, beloved characters to explore. So mm-hmm. we definitely hope to uh, continue that. Awesome. One thing I know is, of course, the bad guy being a Nazi. Uh-huh. Uh, this film was produced largely in a post-2016 election era. Uh, and there was also a lot of particular like lines. I'm like, oh, we really hate Nazis, of course. But uh, was there, do you know if, if that at all influenced the production or the script? Or I mean, I don't want to say that we uh, made the movie in a vacuum by any means. But we weren't... Uh, it's not it's not a pointed statement, right? right. Uh, I think we can all agree that Nazis are bad. Uh, I think we can all agree that hate crimes are bad. Um, but I also think that everybody can agree that killer puppet movies are fun. Yes. So you know, yeah. that's that's kind of our angle. Right. Look, horror film has always been a reflection of some of those really, really, really difficult things to talk about. Mm-hmm. And so the the timing of it coming out reflects what people want it to reflect and what's mm-hmm. going on right now. And so, yeah, sure, it's a conversation starter. Sure, yeah. awesome. So what are the plans to have this, re- once you guys wrap up the festival circuit, what are your plans for release? Yeah, so it'll come out uh, in the U.S. on August 17th. It'll have a theatrical run and come out on VOD. And then uh, a DVD release should follow sometime in October. Um, we have the soundtrack coming out on August 10th. And... Uh, We'll also have our first issue of the new Fangoria magazine coming out in October. So I think fans can really look forward to a lot of goodies uh, here in a couple of months. And congratulations on the magazine, by the way. That's very exciting to see Fangoria get another push back into the spotlight. Thank so, you so much. Yeah, Dallas is uh, definitely the right guy to do it. And it's it's seeing behind the scenes what he's up to and what the team is up to is really fantastic. And Phil Noble has been amazing. Uh, and Jess, our associate publisher, they're, they're really putting something special together. Together. Awesome, awesome. Well, Amanda, hey, thank you so much for joining uh, the Cinematic Schematic today. If there's uh, any of our listeners out there who want to follow you guys, either you or the film online, is there any particular channels they can that they should follow? Yeah, if you guys check us out on uh, Twitter, we're at Statement and at Fangoria. Uh, we're also on Facebook with Statement, And I personally am just at Amanda Presmick on Twitter. And uh, we're always teasing a little bit of what's coming. So we'd love for you to follow us. Thanks for joining us today. Absolutely. Thank you. If you're at home and listening, make sure to stay tuned to thecinematropolis.com for even more Dead Center coverage, including filmmaker interviews, film reviews, and more. You can check out the website or follow us on social media on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash thecinematropolis or on Twitter and Instagram at thecinematrop. Thank you so much for tuning in to this special Dead Center edition of the podcast, and we'll catch you back on the Cinematic Schematic again with more interviews next time. 